From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. American business profit is bad. Corporations and companies that actually provide value and that individuals choose to partake in, that profit is bad. But government profit is good. Is that what I'm to understand? See, this is how you know fascism has been normalized. Because this buffoon, this silly, sad, despicable old man, who should, by all... If this country had any kind of dignity, any kind of scruples, any kind of standards, this political whore would have been imprisoned for treason. But now that he comes out and thinks he's helping by explaining that it's okay to arbitrage the strategic oil reserve, this to me is an impeachable offense. Absolutely and unequivocally an impeachable offense. We need to responsibly increase American oil production without delaying or deferring our transition to clean energy. This is the same moron whose government has negated 2.2 million acres of leases for drilling for private companies to drill on federal land. And we can get to how the federal government obtained the land in the first place. So simultaneously, he hamstrings the companies. Then he demands for more production as he makes it more costly, more expensive on fewer areas. Because what he understands is this is how you backdoor nationalize private companies. And that is the goal. After all, they backdoor nationalized you. You are an asset of the government if you work. They tell you what you get to keep out of the money you earn, not the other way around. And now you're used to it. So now let's figure out how to appease those people who are now starting to realize just how much it costs to allow this saboteur to an economy, this asset of the Chinese Communist Party, this political whore to usurp the most important office. By selling from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve at the higher price of $90 earlier this year and then refilling it in the future at a lower price, around $70, will actually make money for the taxpayers. Now, the Democrats scum that vote for this idiot have no idea how it's going to get to $70, nor do they care. They'll believe anything. If you tell them it's a fairy tale that'll happen in the future, as long as they just bend over now, that's what they're used to. But I can't help but notice when asked about it, even uh, KJP didn't have a real good answer. Thank you, Kareem. So you're asking oil companies to further lower gas prices. What makes you think that they are going to listen to an administration that is ultimately trying to put them out of business? How, how is the administration trying to put them out of business? Well, they produce fossil fuels, and this president says he wants to end fossil fuel. So look, um, I, you kind of asked me this question yesterday, and here's here's where uh, where we would say U.S. oil production uh, is up and on track to reach a record high next year. We've seen that. Where where one was the record set? Hey, dummy, when was it set? And the answer is the year you usurped the office. 
See, every administration up until the last one has made sure to hamstring American oil companies to where it was more advantageous for them to pump oil in various countries, different countries, even those that were ran by inbreds whose parents are first cousins, the ones you thought you could control. I wonder after the Saudi prince's statement, do you think you can control the royal family? After all, they've been controlling our military uh, apparatus for what, 70 years? It's a pretty language. I don't know how it never took off. Anybody that challenges the existence of this country and this kingdom, all of us, we are projects of jihad and martyrdom. And martyrdom. That's my See, he's so inbred because his parents were first cousins of the Saudi royal family that he had to have help from one of his assistants who said, don't forget the martyrdom. And then maybe this will all start to make sense as to why so many of the September 11th terrorists were Saudi. Huh. They're the good guys, though, right? Message to anybody that thinks that he can threaten us. He's talking to us. Well, Joe Biden particularly. He's talking to us. And that seems to be a bit of a problem. And now what about the profiteering? By the Joe Biden administration. Is the government allowed to arbitrage oil? I didn't know that. In 2020, when Congress was debating uh, funding for replenishing the SPR yeah. at a low price, Democrats blocked it, saying that it was a bailout for big oil. But now, President so Biden said today I, that it would be a good thing. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about when uh, Donald Trump was trying to sell it at $20 uh, per, per, uh, per barrel. No, 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 no. Stupid. No, no, no. I know you got the job because of your genitalia. I know you got the job because of your sexual proclivities and your pigment, but that's not true. He was trying to buy the oil and fill the strategic reserve under $20. Now that your dimwit in diapers is pretending to be successful as he sells it at massively inflated prices that he caused in his policies. To, yeah, to buy it. Look, it was a different time then. It was not the same situation that we are currently in. The reserve was close to full capacity at that time, and so there was no reason uh, to uh, to to you know to make that type to, of, to, of repurchase. To, to. See, you, this is the trick. You, this is what these idiots do to our children. They rewrite history in order to steal the future. None of that is true. But I was thinking about this. Does it matter what's true anymore? As we listen to Joe Robinette Biden, the greatest asset of the Chinese Communist Party, the greatest asset of bailed out oligarchs, the greatest asset of war criminals in Saudi Arabia. Does it, the truth matter? You know, on top of the nine billion since I became president, other companies, including GM, Ford's uh, uh, Honda. Uh, now, I want you as you hear this pathetic old whore stammer through this speech that he's reading. As you listen to it, I want you to think about something. This is the most powerful man in the world. Listen to the competence. Listen to the grasp of the issues. Listen to the strength in his dissertation. Uh, Siemens have announced over $100 billion in new investments to produce electric vehicles, (laughs) batteries, and charging stations here in America, creating thousands more jobs. Turn the page. Today, I'm announcing the launch of the American Battery Materials Initiative. It's going to coordinate the effort across the federal government and work closely with the private sector, labor unions, tribes, community organizations. Look up tribes. What are tribes? Are the Indians in on this? What the hell's going on with the tribes? 
That's probably some mafia organization that's paying them. You know, on top of the nine billion since I became president, other companies, including GM, Ford's, uh, uh, Honda, uh, Siemens, have announced over one hundred billion dollars in new investments to produce electric vehicles, batteries and charging stations here in America, creating thousands more jobs. Today, I'm announcing the launch of the American Battery Materials Initiative. Mm -hmm. It's going to coordinate the effort across the federal government and work closely with the private sector, labor unions, tribes, community organizations, and our partners and allies abroad. This initiative is going to to be led by the White House and housed in the Department of Energy with the support of the Department of Interior to secure America's electric vehicle battery supply chain, and clean energy future. And we're going to do it the right way, respecting the rights of tribes, creating Again good with the paying tribes. union jobs, and protecting the environment and local communities. It's going to be great! Let's not forget about the union extortion labor mafias. Folks, one more thing about how we're going to do this. All right. You may have seen the news reports uh-huh. describing Republicans who voted against the infrastructure bill uh-huh. attacking Democrats for passing it because it's socialism. <laughs> well, <laughs> now, quietly and privately, they're sending me and the administration letters asking for money from the same bill, talking about how important the projects would be. No, no, no. no. Here, here, you feeble fascist pig. Here's how it really goes. It's not your money. It's not the Democrat mafia money. It's the money of the people who you extorted it from. It's our money. So in your splash fund of corruption that would make a Chicago alderman lick his chops, you don't get to pick and choose just the people who like you and vote for you. I mean, after all, not everything's Crook County. So what they're saying is, hey, scumbag in diapers. Hey, you in Depends. If you're going to give XYZ to Kentucky... You're going to give XYZ to Arizona, you're going to give it to Florida, and you're going to give it back to the people who you stole it from. That's how it's supposed to work. But now go ahead and celebrate socialism, diaper wearer. For their districts, if we just got them the money, I know I was really surprised to find out there are so many socialists in the Republican caucus. See, this is what happens when you allow this fraud to work under the umbrella of a political party rather than the play-to-pay scumbag mafia boss he is. And now that infrastructure bill, you know, the one that Adam Kinzinger voted for. That's why they're calling it bipartisan. All the step and fetch Republicans that are in the pocket of this corrupt, dimwit whore. This is how they call it bipartisan. And now he's going to steer the hundreds of billions upon billions upon billions to exactly those apparatchiks that will continue to vote for any dimwit in diapers who represents the mafia like him. But even if they voted against it. I made a promise when I was running and when I got elected. I'd be the president for all Americans. You're not the president for all America. There's at least 75 million people who's denounced their consent to be governed by your wrinkled, corrupt ass. And then there's the other part of the Americans, the ones who are not stupid enough to be Democrats, who know that oil isn't just gas, dummy. And your pretend imaginary electric cars that suck, that's no solution. In fact, what's most important is the product, the common denominator of all things. Even that suit that Warnock wears at $7,000, it's called Earl. It has a chance of raising costs all around the world. 
We're going to be talking about home heating costs on the rise. And we're not just talking about a little bit here, too. It's going to really hit U.S. households. In fact, they're set to pay about $931 on heating this winter. That's up 206 bucks. Now, that's all right, though, because all of the welfare roaches, they're going to get more money, more walking around money. I mean, what they don't blow in pot dispensaries and gambling machines, they can always spend towards. Oh, no, wait a minute. We fund those corrupt uh, oligarch companies like ComEd, who bribe the Democrat mafia here in Illinois. Ah, never mind. It's only going to work. The only person that's going to pay that are the honest people. The welfare roaches, they're already in on it. From just last year, that according to the Energy Information Administration, which means if you're already struggling with soaring costs in other areas of your family's budget, you get to add this to the pile. And if that weren't bad enough, get this, the cost to fill it up is, well, it's still on the rise. Yeah, it's down from the all-time high, but it's still... Oh, I can't wait for the people of Illinois. After uh, all the mail-in ballots and cemetery votes are counted for the beanbag Pritzker, I can't wait for them to put back all the taxes they took off. You're really going to love it. And after all, you voted for Democrats. You are Democrats. So live among the scum. But in some cases, there's no substitute for experience. And I think that what we have been through with the legislation under the leadership of President Biden, who has done a spectacular job, he's had a better two years than most uh, presidents that you can name, certainly in the recent generations. Uh, Shut up and enjoy the ramifications of allowing this political whore, scumbag, short in the pants, Irish mafia, Don to enjoy the climate of the economy and everything else. Let's have fun. And when they bury him, just remember, they better put a urinal cake on his headstone. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560. The answer. Two-bit wannabe gangster. Do you remember um, Squirrel when uh, he was caught in Florida? Nobody Fs with the Bidens. This guy thinks he's a real gangster. Do you also remember, furthermore, when he was in the Union Town and the guy at the hard hat was talking about the Second Amendment, he was talking about uh, the corruption between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden wanted to let him know, I do not work for you. You remember this? Give me a break, man. I don't work for you. This is the kind of piece of garbage you have in office. See, whenever you get somebody who's managed to be in the Senate for 50 years, who's been bought and paid for by every enemy, foreign and domestic, this is the kind of gangster government you get. So when they talk about an arbitrage profit on oil that they didn't do jack for, why doesn't anybody ask, so what? So you're going to make $20 a barrel, and where does the money go? I guess you need it. After all, we're spending a trillion dollars a year on interest. For the loan. And the answer for the economy is keep raising that up. Wait till that, those chickens start to come home to roost. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Man, thanks a lot for taking my call because, man, you're right on target talking about these kind of things and that. But here's what I noticed. Now, you're an investor and you know all about that. And I'm not, not, a, I'm not an investor. Casual. Not yeah, anymore. But, not anymore. But go ahead. Yeah, but you know all the, like, the, just the important things. And... Uh, not being an investor, I know that the importance of buying low, selling high. 
Now, when Trump was in there, he was trying to take and he was had an opportunity to buy oil real, real cheap for the he country. Did. He and did. Put, and put it. Yeah, but then they stopped him. He wanted to buy a whole bunch more and fill up our reserves with real cheap oil, and they stopped him. There was a point, you look back there, and, and there was a point they stopped him. They wouldn't let him spend the money. This goof that we got now, he's dumping this oil when it's, we're, we're losing like several times the value kind of thing, like where we, we bought, what we bought it, and we're, we're See, it's just nuts what this guy is doing when you said to they, our country. When you said they, you are specifically referring to the Democrats, the American Mafia. Because it is in the American mafia's best interest to have this country, to have their businesses, to have our economy fail, because now they get to backdoor nationalize it. And that's what they're doing. And they will be cheered for by the welfare roaches who really don't care, Craig. I mean, everybody that knew what was going to happen with this imbecile, everyone knew what was going to happen. And now the only way that it can exist is on government steering of the economy, government favoritism. That's why that was a message. That speech I heard, I didn't know there were so many socialists in the Republican Party. That was a message that if you are not in the mafia, you will be a victim of it. So that's why the corrupt upper echelon of the Republican Party, they don't want to win. They don't want to win in the midterms. Adam Kinzinger doesn't want to win. Liz Cheney doesn't want to win. They have their mafia right where they want it. They have the American people right where they want them. And that is to get stuck with the tab. Only those who are not in on it. Because if you're on welfare, you're gonna, you're, you've been getting subsidized. You get 1300 a month for the last three months. 1300 extra. So they don't care. You think they care about inflation? Come on. They care about cigarettes and gambling machines and pot dispensaries. Thank you, Craig. Because they are roaches. Bill, Southside. Yeah, I was wondering, Sean, I heard somewhere that those electric cars, if they catch on fire, they produce like a poisonous gas. Yeah, that's okay. Um, it's all for green energy. Co- poisonous gases blowing up the fires. It's all good. That's part of their mission because the reality of every part of their a- aspect of their economy is fraud. The windmills don't break even right until you need to replace them. They don't break even for 20 years. They have a life expectancy of 21 years. Do you realize what? It, that's why you cannot sell these investments outside of government. That's why you're not already driving around and experiencing. They could not exist without subsidies. They'll never be able to exist without fascism. The American people, however, are softened over these last two years of being COVID slaves. They're soft now. And they don't even know how offensive and how impeachable it is to have a sitting president brag about his idea of emptying st- strategic reserves and pretending he's going to replenish them with profit. And in the meantime, they look away from who he's enriched, the Saudis, the Ukrainians, the Russians, and the Chinese, all of those people that bribed him. Joe Biden is an asset of the enemies of America. Joe Biden is a saboteur and should be impeached tonight. But it doesn't matter because the people who we trust with the responsibility, they're all in on it. They're all inside trading frauds anyway. And they will not be threatened. And who threatens them are you. And the Republican standouts who want to make things right, that's why they're not going to get the money. If you're a sitting good Republican congressman or senator, your district isn't going to get this funny money. They're going to hold it like every other mafia done. Because we have a gangster government, brother. It's no more a representative republic. The good news is you have somebody in there who exemplifies every aspect of a mafia done. Even the part where he loses his mind and walks around in a bathrobe. Yeah, go ahead. You can take the E.T. off an of asset for that when it comes to Biden. Oh, I like that. Thank you very much, Bill, on the south side. Stay strong, brother, because that's what you're going to have to do. When I get back, Stephen in Arlington Heights will be first, 312-642-5600, if you care to participate. And we're going to go even a little deeper into the Saudi-Biden Republican whole mafia system. And why are all our boys all over the world 
312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. So listen to the debates around the country between these imbeciles, these corrupt buffoons, Democrats. I mean, everywhere. You realize the real problem with this country. There's too many morons in it, and they're all in charge. The whole damn thing is being run like Illinois now. The whole damn place. And what happens is the stupid welfare morons have a way of dragging everybody into the sewer with them. Just take a look at Chicago. Cook County and the rest of it. Stephen, Arlington Heights. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. As you said, uh, they're going to dig up the 8% votes uh, going to Pritzker after Bailey cuts it to two points on election night. So I don't have a lot of hope for uh, what happens in a couple weeks. But I'd like to know, um, when you say revoke your consent to be governed, what can I physically do other than move to Wisconsin, which I plan on doing next year? Well, the whole thing is really based on an idea, right? The whole point of this country, the whole idea of a republic. So what does the, what, uh, does the, the individual have when the government becomes the gangster government that it is? And, you know, what I did here is I, I actually signed it online, the Internet. I, st- I revoke my consent to be governed by the American Democrat mafia, Joe Biden in particular. So what you can do is simply repeal and, 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 and pull back all of your investments and pull back yourself and produce under the limit of what abusive taxation is. Now, that's a terrible thing to to do, but that's the only recourse you have. And the other answer is you have to move, brother. You know, the other reason why, why Pritzker's in the lead that he is is that 330,000 people have moved out since this beanbag uh, uh, grabbed the governorship. 330,000 people. That's a lot of people. Those are not welfare people. Those are people that recognize the futility of Illinois and they moved out. So now you've got that massive uphill battle in Illinois. What happens when that happens in the rest of the country? My plan has always been exactly what you're seeing. Good people will go to good areas. Those good areas will have to be forced to tolerate the fascism for a little while. Then they will start the Articles of Secession. And that's what has to happen. Because the, the normalcy of corruption is too systemic. In the country. Right. Just everything has only, become Cook County now. And you just think right. it's normal the, to have these gangsters in charge. And the only hope that I have, Sean, Bailey polled at plus 15 in the primary and won by 42 points. That's a 27% error, but not not enough to uh, to upset hey, the uh, the mafia leader, in my I opinion. I hope he wins. Though, uh, yeah, same, same. But you have, you have so many people that are wetting their beaks in this funny money. In this fascism, fascism, it pays. If you're in the upper echelon of the government mafia, you're you're raking it in, man. You love this guy. So when you look at these concrete companies, when you look at these scumbags, when you look at the people who are subsidized in their own life, look at the students now. Hey, you just raked it in. All the students, the deadbeat college kids. If you you got massive amounts of money, I have a friend of mine, seventy five thousand dollars. He had three hundred thousand in loans, seventy five thousand gone, three different loans. He's not a Democrat, but he's like, man, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'll take and 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 this is the kind. This is how you buy appease the mafia. This is how you operate in a neighborhood that has some good people in it. You just you just cut them in. You beg beg for your master to yeah. like you. That's exactly what you have. That's that's how you take the the whole country and turn it into the sewer of corruption that is Chicago, that is Cook County, that is now Illinois. Thank you very much, Steve. You have to move.
I mean, my, and you know, when I get home, I get, I get a lot of grief. You can't do it. Can't. No, no, no. I will never lie to you. Do you think you want, would you prefer a Pollyanna? Oh, the debate went good and all that. Of course it went good. You've got somebody good and decent against the scumbag fraud asset of the mafia. But the Democrats do not care of the players. They care of the system, of the scheme. And that was the biggest threat Donald Trump posed. Ironically, because he knew it, he participated in it. Daniel, Salem, Wisconsin. Hey, Sean. The reason why the Democrats are trying to take Trump out is because he exposed the swamp. Well, first of all, Daniel, they successfully did take him out. And now what you have to worry about is how they are going to wield the power and wield the corruption against the people who who are resisting it. And the answer is 87,000 IRS agents, Daniel. That's the answer. But there are some good players out there. I want to leave you on an up note. There's always a good guy in a bad system. Missouri State Treasurer Scott Fitzpatrick announcing that the state employees pension fund has pulled all of its equity holdings managed by BlackRock out of BlackRock. The state's treasurer stating, quote, we should not allow asset managers such as BlackRock who have demonstrated that they will prioritize advancing a woke political agenda above the financial interests of their customers. That's what you have. The recourse of your own assets, the influence of your own position. Do not do business with Democrat mafia scum. Do not bank in their banks. I know it's a pain in the ass. I get it. But is it worth it? I do not associate with a Democrat. There is no knowing Democrat that is ever around me. Never. And that's how I operate my life. That's why when they make these statements of of intimidation, you're not intimidating me. You are inspiring me. That's how I look at every one of the insults by these fat, useless mafia members. Karen Bailey is a threat to democracy. He surrounded himself with January 6th insurrectionists, sought out the number one January 6th insurrectionist, Donald Trump. It sounds like he's actually got a bagel shoved in his mouth during that, doesn't he? You think they just gave him a mint so his blood sugar didn't get low, the fat slob that he is? So that's what they're trying to do. That was not an insurrection. But keep provoking people. Keep it, and you will definitely have an insurrection. See, insurrections look like they do in Haiti. You know where you're sending your corrupt military-industrial complex to kill the people who are resisting the the, the corrupt stooge your government put in there? That's what an insurrection looks like, fatso. Boy, how could you explain insurrection to Pritzker? I would assume it's what his house would look like if the servants went on strike at, like, a a Thanksgiving, and nobody brought out the, the... the desserts to that entire family of manatees. That would be an insurrection. Fatso. Wes on the northwest side. Hey, Sean, I kind of think it's funny that uh, President Biden is trying to to take uh, credit for bailing out gas prices when it was Chuck Schumer and the Democrats who actually blocked the $3 billion that were supposed to go to fill up the SPR and said it was a bailout for the oil companies. And that $3 billion was was at an average price of $24 a barrel, but he had only because he had started buying it under 20. And when he ran out of the money he could allocate towards it, the price had already gone up to 30. And he said, that's all right. Let's continue to buy it. And the Democrat scum said no. And the reason, Wes, they like the failure. They learned a long time ago when people are desperate and destitute. They are willing to put up with the corruption. Just take a look at a bad neighborhood in Chicago. They don't even care that their alderman is a gangbanger, prior gangbanger, old reform drug. They don't care. 
They won't admit that they also use the SPR to sell off oil so they could fund some of their uh, legislation. And let me ask you, right, and where's the profit that they made? Have they disclosed to the people? Have you ever seen a document from the government that says, look, we just made $900 million from selling Trump's oil. And we took the money and we put it where? Where does the money go? See, right, they bail out their Century Cares Act. Mm-hmm. They bailed out their um, supposedly budget agreement yeah. and the highway infrastructure bills. Wes, this is how you know you're talking to somebody who has the mindset of a slave. They hate private company profit, but they don't mind government profit. Because if the American people could put in their minuscule little brain that there is no more example of a monopoly a profit cartel than the American government, who month after month for the last 12 years has made more money than ever in the history, yet they're always broke. See, that's how you know. Your your fellow citizen is a willful, ignorant slave. You can call them Democrats. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I'll tell you, kid, you are on your Friday game, huh? It's only hump day, which has an entirely different meeting, meaning in the office of the vice presidency. Although she she made it to the almost the top, she could probably take Wednesdays off now. Uh, David Batavia. Hey, how's it going, Sean? Good, David. How are you? Good. Hey, I just wanted to comment on Alexi Janulius. What rock did this guy crawl out from under? I it's mean, an interesting he rock. had to go in hiding over the last what decade after he blew up the Bright Star program here in Illinois. Well, how about and the prior bank? to that? He bankrupted his family's bank. I mean, what a loser. <laughs> no, the not in Illinois. He's, he's a winner here. Winner. I know. I mean, they're recycling terrible Democrats. I, it just goes to show how ignorant the, that voter base is that I would actually vote for him. This is why when people come up and they and they refer, they take the Trump word and they refer to what the government is as a swamp. It, it's the wrong word. And players like Alexei Janulius prove it. It is a mafia. And what they do is they take the mafia members who are big, who are loyal, who are connected. And if they have to put them on the sidelines for a while, don't worry, everything's taken care of. In the meantime, when you come back, we're going to give you a bigger, better position. And now he'll be in a position of power that is arguably second strongest, second most powerful in the state of Illinois. And he'll walk right in. Walk in. Right. It's just frustrating that the Republican Dan Dan Brady... Yeah, isn't he's nowhere to be found. He's who, not who Dan say? Brady. Exactly. Who? Oh, yeah. who? Well, he's got to do, yeah, you know, yeah. he, I think his wife owns like 16 video poker machine game rooms. So he's busy. <laughs> he's got to go around. You know, you got to take that special key. You open it up. You break in the money and you hide it in your wife's name. And, and, I mean, he's got that. And then you got the other guy whose brothers are all lobbyists and they have to go to lunch a lot. So they're all big and fat with big meatheads. That's all right. So that's that's the game. That's why they don't like winning. Yeah. It pays to be in second place in a corrupt system. So yeah. you have all the good people that keep turning to you, keep giving you money. And then once in a while, you shake down the scumbags who pretend to be businessmen like Ken Griffin. Now you get the real right. sack of Joey, a 50 million. Where's that money? Oh, Irving's girlfriend's got it. Don't worry. We'll get back to it. Thank you very much. That's like that scumbag who called and was mad at me. The one you play as a promo now. She was a, she was an establishment Illinois Republican and quite homely. Uh, Pat Palatine. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Anytime, brother. 
Hey, uh, the reason I was calling is uh, this workers' rights amendment. <laughs> I mean, what is this? It's right out of the Soviet <laughs> Union. It should have a sickle and a hammer right next to it. And let's name it right. lollipops and roses, and no one will know it's a scheme for the upper echelon of fat-ass, cellulite-infested gangsters called union authorities. They're loving it. Right. And then you look, you know, you right. know, Pat, look at what we had. We had a guy on last night, copper for 29 years, Chicago copper, running to change things as a state rep, and the FOP gives money to the Democrats. Now, that doesn't represent the FOP cops who know it's a scam and are sick and disgusted. That's that upper echelon meatheads. What's the guy's name who was going to run for mayor? He looks like one of the three stooges. He looks like Curly's kid. What's his name? The guy from the FOP, the Chicago FOP. I can't think of that guy's name. Cannon Zaro. That's it. Cannon Zaro. You take that guy and he gives the money to Democrats. And nobody says a word. All the coppers who give all their money to the FOP. Now you're financing the, the politicians who are trying to harm you, who are trying to put you in handcuffs, who are trying to defund you. And the FOP gives those politicians money. That's when you say the system in Illinois likes it as La Cosa Nostra. They love it that Mike Madigan's in his tiny little mansion in, in, in Ireland. They like that Ed Burke's on Rush Street with a pocket full of Viagra and a $30 whore on his arm. They like it. Thank you very much, Pat. It's just, this, it's just, that's Chicago. How you doing? Hey, Kentzaro, how you doing? You're going to change things, huh? Curly's kid. Uh, Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? How are you? Good. Glad to hear you're okay today. Yeah, wonderful, uh, Splendor. The question that I have is, on the debate yesterday, they asked Bailey, what does BLM mean to you? Bureau of Land what Management. Kind of what the hell kind of question is that to ask in a debate? You, you should say Why it's either the Bureau of Land Management or that land speculating crew in California likes to buy mansions and Lamborghinis. It's one of them. But that doesn't make... What kind of question is that? Why aren't they asking him what he's going to do to better the state and to cut down on crime? Because in this sewer of, of corruption, you're not going to go anywhere unless you pretend these entities, these crime syndicates, these organizations are anything but legit. So if you say if you say if you're talking about the the terrorist organization called Black Lives Matter, who stole the people's money, stole the corporate money and enriched the upper echelon by buying mansions and Lamborghinis and blowing the money in strip joints. If you I'm talking about, yeah, you got to pretend that that's a legit civil rights group rather than what it really is. A Marxist foot soldier. That's what they are. So they make me sick, and so does everybody affiliated with it. And I don't know how Bailey answered, but I hope he answered like this. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. And now they're land speculators. They're landlords, and they're raking it in. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... 
With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. One of my favorite people. Do you know what today is, Squirrel? It's the anniversary of the 1987 stock market crash. Did you know it? Bet you didn't know that. I know somebody who does know it. It's my next guest. After all, I think he called that one, too. He called 2000. He called 08. He called every scam, every backdoor nationalization of banking. His name is Gerald Salente. He is a warrior for Americanism and a warrior for peace. Gerald, thank you for joining me. How are you? No, I'm all right. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you are the person I think of all the time when I when it's this scam called a gangster government called a government that proves itself to be what it really is, a fraud and backdoor gangster organization and a mafia. And yesterday was the greatest example to me. So they massively increase the costs of debt, massively increase the costs of people paying for charge cards, in essence, bankrupting untold numbers, percentages of Americans, yet it shows up as earnings for banking, and that's a good news for the market. I said, get me Gerald Salente. <laughs> well, you could thank Jimmy Carter, the peanut farmer, for that one. He's the one that let go with the usury rates. Yeah. And he's also the one before then. I was living in Chicago then. I'll never forget it. It was in the 70s. Uh, there was no such thing as interstate banking back then. There was only intrastate banking. You know, Bank of America was out in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had all local banks. You know, he was one of the biggest sellouts and, and, and with playing the arrogant little boy card all the time. And he also, this is a guy that deregulated the airline industry. There were like 150 airlines back in, um, before that happened. I remember the arrogant guy that did it, Alfred Kahn. Yeah, they spelled his <laughs> name wrong. It should have been C-O-N, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And, and again, flying used to be, you know, they used to have to compete on service. And now, of course, the couple of what, four companies own everything, you know. So, so yeah, it, it, the whole thing is it, it's a crime syndicate that people call a government. You call it, you know, a mafia. It's a crime syndicate. They're murderers and thieves. They steal our money to give it to too big to fail banksters, and they lie us into wars. You know, yeah. uh, they're, they're murderers and thieves. You know, Gerald, it's interesting though. I was listening to so many reports as we had an eight 800- hundred. Point uh, so-called market rally. What it really is is a fascistic funding of corruption. That's yep. the only way you can explain it. And there is not a station, a television show that explains these are not bank profits. This is forced manipulation of the velocity of money. It would not exist if the government had not steered the people into enriching these these corrupt cartel banking cartel. That's all it is. Well, exactly. Look at the Goldman, uh, the uh, J.P. Morgan Chase gang. Five felonies, convicted, convicted. You don't see Jamie Dimon going to jail. Hey, but where were you? How many drinks did you have? Stand on your head and repeat the alphabet backwards. You might see him go to jail, though, as 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 he tends to slip and tell the truth from time to time. You might see, and you know, that's the other thing that's been become normalized. The fact that the government not only picks winners and losers, that's a talking point for Stooges. What it's doing is, is, is prosecuting its enemies. It's persecuting people who yep. even think uh, uh, about questioning the government and questioning the spending. I mean, this is some real third world banana republic stuff that we're seeing on a daily basis. 
I mean, look what they did to Julian Assange. I mean, he, what did he do? He came out and showed, you know, what murder was going on in, in, in Iraq. I mean, I knew that. I'll put you in jail, you know. You know, it's It's a crime syndicate. Again, it's, it's prosecution to the fullest for we the little people of Slavelandia and a slap on their wrists for their crimes. Look at what the Wall Street Journal's been reporting over the last couple of weeks of all of the inside trading going on with all these, these phony little bureaucrats that work for all these government organizations that know the deal that's going to come out and play in the market one after another same thing in congress so uh, one of the things i thought about you this week was when the the spokesman for the royal inbred family the saudis bragged about the policies and the collaboration between america and saudi arabia i want you to listen to this for a minute I don't believe this relationship is broken very far from it. This relationship is very robust. We have almost 80,000 Americans living and working in Saudi Arabia. We have a very strong trade and investment relationship. We work very closely with regards to ensuring our common interests, whether it's to bring peace to Yemen, whether it's to bring peace between Israelis and Arabs, whether it's to stabilize Afghanistan, whether it's to reintegrate Iraq into the Arab fold, whether it's to bring stability to the Horn of Africa, stability and peace in Libya, in the G5 countries of the Sahel, whether it's to fight extremism and terrorism, those interests are permanent and those interests are tremendously... And what he's answering is a question of, are you nervous about the relationship between Saudi Arabia? And he goes off and lists every country, and he leaves off uh, Syria, where our boys are sent at direction of our government to fight for the policies that the Saudi Arabians want to enforce. And what he tells the American people without them being aware of it is he's in control of our policies. He's in control of our military uh, agenda, that he is the real boss and that we have an illusion of a representative republic. I thought it was the most enlightening comment that came other than the the one from the Saudi prince where he... uh, said this yesterday. Anybody that challenges the existence of this country and this kingdom, all of us, we are projects of jihad and martyrdom. I mean, Gerald, this is evidence to prosecute some of the oligarchs in our own government, because this is an admission. This is an example of how corrupt our policies are and who really is controlling them. And I want to know what you think about it. Well, it takes Saudi Arabia. I mean, they invented the place, what, in 1934? Yep. The gang took over. And then, and then what is the first thing they did? They tried to attack the Houthis in Yemen. And then what happened? Well, thanks to the Nobel Peace of Crap Prize winner, Barack Obama... And that arrogant boy playing our uh, secretary of state, a little daddy's boy born on third base and thought he hit a home run. Little, I went to Dalton. I went to Harvard. Blinken, he went over there uh, when the, the Saudis announced they were going to invade Yemen from Washington, D.C. in March of 2015. And the United States went over there to provide them with, quote, intelligence. And that little Blinken boy went there. And again, the, the, nobody talks about this as the worst humanitarian crisis on earth in Yemen, brought to you by the Saudis, the Obama, the Trump, and the Bush administrations, and according to the United Nations. And again, 
if we weren't protecting the Saudis, that government would have been overthrown a long time ago. What are our bases doing over there to begin with? Well, it's it- funny because it just seems to be something that we created, our own government created it, when they uh, used the Sherman Antitrust Act to break up and disincentivize American oil company and incentivize them to invest in foreign lands. And that's exactly what they did. And before, you said 1935, but you could really go back to the 20s, right? Before they used the Anti-Sherman Act, which sent... All of our oil companies, Rockefeller and the rest of it, over there to show them how to make money. There was peace throughout the world. And what we did was enrich, arguably, the most terroristic-minded group of people in the Middle East. And they are the ones who are in control of our policy. And there have been the deaths of untold millions. And it just continues to go on as we're now sending people to the Horn of Africa from every state in the country. And nobody wants to talk about it. No. And again, you know, this is... If, if anybody's interested, they should read the farewell address by the someone that was the president of the United States, a real man that fought by the name of George Washington. He tells the American people not to get involved in any foreign entanglements, that our interest is in America. And what does he say? Especially in Europe. These conflicts have been going on for centuries between these people, among those people, and for us not to get involved in it. And here we are in Ukraine. I mean, what has this been going on between Russia and Ukraine since I think about 1750. Yeah, but the Ukrainians didn't, they weren't smart enough until very recently to bribe the American government to weaponize them and fight the war for them. Now that they have successfully bought and sold an asset, his name is Joe Biden, and our policy is, is, is enriching people that we used to call Nazis. This is an outrage to me, and so many Americans are ignorant to it because they're oh, beaten they down don't. with being used to the corruption. It started in, our, in New York, it went to New Jersey and uh, Illinois perfected it. But this really has now spread throughout the American uh, society as we know it. And they're they're too beaten down to even question the kind of corruption that we just think is normal policy now. Oh, hey, how about those Yankees, huh? I mean, that's what you know, that, that, that's the mentality. People don't have a clue what's going on. All they hear are the sound bites, and, and they buy it. And again, you know, this, this, this Ukraine you know, uh, fiasco would have been over a long time ago if they didn't steal. It's almost $70 billion of we, the, the plantation workers of slave landia's money, that's gone to Ukraine so far this year and you have yet to have a weekend where the more people killed in ukraine than there is in the city of chicago so this is the funniest part of it all how you can use propaganda to steer and and control the american people it's shocking to me if we added up just the destruction in our own uh democrat-run big cities the death the mayhem on a weekend and compared it to ukraine i wonder if we'd be waving flags yeah no no this is it's terrible again you know, when they when they lock down the country to fight the COVID war, the damage that they've done is incalculable. And it's global, by the way. In Italy, they're going to be losing over 100,000 small and medium-sized businesses. It's one country after another. It's like Illinois. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I mean, look at, look at the clown show. It's a clown show. I mean, if you look at the people that are running and ruining our lives. And, and and again, they get away with it. Is there hope for information to get out? I see now that we're uh, squashing the information of the investigation by the European allied countries who investigated the blow up of Nord Stream 
one and two or, yeah. or one. And we now know it wasn't Vladimir Putin. It looks to be like the big old Uncle Sam. I wonder, you think maybe some information can wake some people up or is it no. just... Uh-huh. No, it's not going to wake them up. You know, they, they, again, you know, they, they, they're the people don't care, and they've been brainwashed into it. But it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority, keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men, said Samuel Adams, and that's what we need. And we, we I mean, how how dumb can you be to say I voted for a lesser of two evils? Oh, I hate it. I absolutely I mean, that's like, hate that's that. Like saying, that's like saying I almost got her pregnant. Yeah. Well, it all depends who you're talking about. I mean, after all, some of those women <laughs> yeah, turn out to right. be vice president. <laughs> um, I, I want to say, too, it, doesn't it seem to be um, almost an intentional loss by the Republican establishment? As they have all of this information to run on, all of this information to start a movement and change things, yet I think they like to be in this second position because they're not running on any of the real failures, any of the real corruption. They're running kind of a lackluster attempt to, isn't he terrible? Isn't he old? They're not really going after the policies of corruption. And it it comes to point out some comments by Republicans who really kind of don't mind the pay-to-play scheme that we see Joe Biden partake in when it comes to such topics as our foreign policy or such policies as our manipulation of the energy sector, the most important sector of any economy. I think um, we're at the breaking point of there's just too many Republicans in on it. Again, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a, they're dumb. I mean, who do you look up to? Mitch McConnell? Uh, Lindsey Graham? I always I mean, was really, attracted how, to I mean, how low can you go? Oh, oh, no, I'm a Democrat. I like Chucky Schumer. Oh, no, give me Nancy Pelosi. It's a freak show in front of everybody's eyes. Look at the cover of this week's Trends Journal. It could not be better. One flew over the cuckoo's nest, and we have Washington, we have the White House, and it's the nut house. How did you pick who was going to play Nurse Ratchet? I mean, you had the Duchess of Chaffington, (laughs) Hillary Clinton. You had Kamala Harris. How could you pick who was going to play Ratchet? I know. It's a freak show in front of everybody's eyes. What people don't understand is that these are mentally ill people. They're mentally sick. They're psychopaths, sociopaths, pathological liars. And they're running and ruining our lives. Look at the freedom that they've taken away from us. It's normal. You know, again, you, you, you love Alex Jones, hate Alex Jones, not an issue. I mean, what did he do? He said something that was false, and he believed it. It was a thing called, you know, the First Amendment one time. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's, but he lied. That was the headline of the, of the New York Times. They call themselves the paper record. I call it the toilet paper record. And, and about how he lied. Hey, how about George Bush lying us into the uh, Iraq War? <laughs> How did about you, that? How did about, you see oh, Leahy came out and, and, and gave the whole story about how he was given information and he still he voted? He was one of the only Republicans that voted against the war. And when asked about it, he just said he was afraid of his own government. And here's a senator who says he's afraid of the government. And that's when you realize it is truly La Cosa Nostra. It certainly isn't a couple of guys talking about Monday Night Football or what the money on the VIG should be for loans. It is the American government. That's the only way you can categorize it. But where your specialty lies is calling collapses. I mean, I don't know. You've been right at least the last three major collapses, if not more. And I'm curious, do you see one in the future? 
with the worst socioeconomic and geopolitical crisis in, in modern times. It's right in front of us. And all they do is they keep building up the debt bubble to artificially keep propping it up. Before we were talking about the Ukraine war, the, look what happened. Let's go back to last week. You saw the inflation numbers came out, quote, higher than expected. 8.2%, uh, the core went, what, 40-year high? Yeah. And what happens to the markets? The markets skyrocket up. I mean, what am I, six years old? Oh, it's a plunge protection team? <laughs> Isn't that a nice name? Yes. Oh, and, oh and, then, and then they go up this week. Oh, oh, Lockheed Martin. Oh, their, their stock went way up for 5%. Oh, Lockheed <laughs> Martin, you mean, you mean the defense contractor that we're spending, giving all that money to? to I, I can't figure it, it out. It only went up 5%. There's some real grabbing going on. And, oh, and, then, and then yesterday the news was, oh, Netflix did better than expected in the markets. Oh, you'll be, what, what, what about? What about all the rest of the world? Yeah. What do I care about Netflix for? Yeah. You know, so th- what I'm saying is this thing should have collapsed a long time ago. It's a, it's a fraud. It's a fix. Again, a thing called the punch protection team. It, it's rigged <laughs> right in front of your eyes, but we'll give it a proper name. Gerald, I love having you on. Next time you have an event, will you promise to give me a heads up? I want to send some people there. Do you mind? Oh, I'd love to, yeah. And you mentioned about uh, uh, the, the Iraq War. Phil Giraldi was one of our speakers. He was a top CIA guy. I know. That, that they threw, that Bush threw out of his office when, when Giraldi showed him the proof that there was no weapons of mass destruction. I'm going to get him on my show. I'm going to drop your name to do it. Do you mind? Oh, yeah. I, I'll give you his email. All right. You know, I love having you on. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for trying to save my country. Thank you for honoring the principles of Americanism. Gerald Salente, Trends Journal. Thank you for everything. And thank you for all that you do. All right. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Squirrel, when you go out, do you, uh, you dance to this kind of music? What do you do there? No, I don't know your whole era. I'm confused by the whole thing. Of course, you got to be careful. You can't just walk up to somebody and start dancing. You know what I mean? You never know who that is. As governor, how have you improved the lives of Chicago's black and brown residents? Well, I, I want to point out Six that Darren Bailey has surrounded himself with racist, misogynistic, homophobic, xenophobic people and organizations, including chasing after the chief among them, Donald Trump. So, see, this is the thing. And all of those um, all of those groups of people that Pritzker mentioned are the same people who suffer under the crop corruption of any Democrat sort. All of them. But if you push back against the Democrat mafia, you're all of those things. You're you're a racist. You're a misogynist. You're homophobic. Yet the principles of freedom and Americanism and capitalism Makes life better for everybody. So isn't that what that ugly woman who called my show and, and, and said that about me? Right? What'd she call me, honey bunny? Misogynist? I'm a misog- I have two daughters. And half of the reason, maybe more than half of the reason that I do this to try to change things so that people are embracing the enlightenment is so that their lives are better. See, but what they want to focus on is the benefits of having people get jobs, not just the vice presidency. But even governorship for just being a woman, 
The current governor says the kids are trapped in failing schools. It's his quote, it's time to free these families. Does he have a point? There are always going to be kids who are stuck in these schools. And until we invest in those schools and make sure that every student, no matter where they live, gets quality public education. Now, there's another moron, but she is a candidate for the Democrat Party in Arizona. Her name is Hobbs because she's a woman, not because she's qualified to do anything. See, I like the women like the ones I know. The ones that want things because they earn them, because they deserve them, because they're better at it than the competition. Those are the people I like. But we're not in that society anymore. We're in a society where the quality of life could devolve so much so that it's normal to be carjacked and raped and robbed. And it's normal for the government to protect the perpetrator rather than the victim. You know, like Chicago and Illinois and everywhere there's a Democrat. So just keep calling anybody that opposes the corruption and the failure in the Democrat mafia, keep calling them names. And that'll work. After all, why wouldn't it work? It works so far. Teresa on the Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. I have to say, that was a great interview with Gerald Solante. It was wonderful. I really liked it. I like that guy. Like that guy. Yeah, he's been calling calling things for the way that they are for the last 35 years. I love having him on. Yeah. I know exactly. Um, you know, I you know I was born and raised in Chicago. I lived in Manhattan. I lived in Los Angeles. I voted in every election in all three states. But you know what's really depressing on election day is when you go to vote against Democrats, and you know your vote is going nowhere. Yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, uh, that's why it's uh, you got to start to question whether you should continue to keep doing it. The feudalism, because the reality yeah. is your vote will be offset by the queen of heaven here in Illinois. Thank you very much. Mitchell displays. Uh, Sean, if you watch the debate last night, you see Fat Albert, who's going to assure you that criminals, OK, are basically being curtailed because of his criminal kits. You know, those things are going to offset the would-be carjacker. So why Fat Albert refuses to answer any direct questions so about... So I, I, I have to admit, I, I, it started right after my show last night. I watched clips, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Did a WGN stooge, a propagandist that they call reporter, did they bring up the amount of people that have been killed by people that were on ankle bracelet monitoring or were on bail or were on parole or were on COVID release? Did they bring any of that up? No, Bailey actually used that as a response, but I'll oh. tell you what they did do. Those two people that were doing the actual debate, they were actually having responses, okay, to one of uh, the allegations made by Pritzker. And it, when you're basically doing the debate, you should be objected. Those two anchors from WGN should be pulled off. Oh, why? Because they were snickering at yeah. one of one of the accusations by Fat Albert regarding that uh, the school that Bailey is working with is basically showcasing that it really deals with uh, slavery and it's you know it's giving it a positive spin it's all the CS Paul Lisnick is the political commentator for WGN Paul Lisnick right. looks okay. like Lon Chaney and um Count Dracula had a forest preserve baby. Paul Lisnick does his reviews from a Cook County chair, the big leather chair, those chairs that the people pay $3,000 for. He has one because he's a Democrat propagandist, the Democrat spokes idiot. So he comes on and in a, in a culture of corruption where Mike Madigan and Ed Burke and two sit, sitting Cook County judges are all in an investment group together. He doesn't point out any of that. He promotes the Democrat mafia agenda. And that's how you know, like Teresa said, At a certain point, the feudalism of a corrupt society have to win, 
have to come through in your head if you're not in on it. And that's what's happening. And I think the debate last night showed it. I think what you saw solidified the fact that if this buffoon, this beanbag of a human being, this unqualified, butter-handed trust fund failure can spin the reality of the failure that is Illinois, they should feast among themselves. Thank you very much, Mitchell. You know I appreciate the call. And let's get on with the answer from Fatso. All you can talk about to stand up for you. He's going to stand up for them, not for the working families and particularly black and brown people across the state of Illinois. Look, I not only have invested hundreds of millions of dollars. No, 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 no. You invested Grandpa Abe's money. You fat slob didn't earn a dollar any more than you could do a sit up. So you invested your family's money because your mother knew who to rub, not because you did anything. I'd like I, I hate when they pretend to have money. You don't have anything, Jack. You inherited it. You're part of the loin lottery. You're good for nothing except failure. And those people are trapped in the ghetto you built. Into the neighborhoods, not just in Chicago, but across Illinois, of black and brown people. And uh, frankly, I have the most diverse administration in the history of the state of Illinois. Well, that explains it, because they're certainly not qualified. They're not qualified because of their intellect, because of their grasp of principles. This is all that you're going to get from this slob, this embarrassment of a man, this cellulite-infested fraud. This is all you're going to get. Isn't diversification great when it's based on nothing other than skin? It's not based on intellect. Illinois is an example of unmitigated failure. It exists on charity and welfare money. It is the hub of corruption. It is a national punchline. And he still sits there, and he's still in the lead among people who would support this kind of corruption. I'm proud of what we've achieved. We have much more to do. There's no doubt about it. Significantly more investment for our communities that have been left out and left behind. Never enough. 29,000 per student. The ones who are carjacking you. The ones who can't say the word ask. The one whose teacher union all drive cars that are worth more than yours. Did you ever go see a parking lot in one of the Chicago public schools? Oh, you should see. It's like the auto show. And all across Illinois. You need to quit tossing money at the problems and solve them. Can we not? Have- that, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? But not the useful idiot that is either a reporter for WGN or a Democrat voter in the sewer of corruption, Illinois. have interruptions. I, I just Can like- I rebuttal no, since we he would prefer that we don't have inter- It upsets his stomach when you point out his failure. Now he's got to take another lunch break. Fetzo, Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, a couple of things. I want to campaigns are called political campaigns called campaigns because that's what uh, Roman campaigns were, war campaigns, things like that. So politics, the way they're described, uh, or or they set up uh, politics when the United States was started, was like the Roman. the, the Roman, uh, yeah, but back then, Republic. if a politician lied, if a politician was caught frauding the system, profiteering from policy, he was run out of town on a rail, which is where that expression comes. Right, they actually right. tied them to a railroad tie and made sure they were okay. no longer in office. We reelect them. There's the difference. Well, okay, so, but I don't know if there was a rail in Roman times, but I know what you're talking about. I think that I, I don't want to give it to the defeatism. I want people to get out there and fight. Illinois it has a lot of problems, but it also has some of the hardest working small business people out there. Less, and as far as, less uh, since as this fat slob took as over. As, less. as far as Pritzker investing, he's invested in his campaign. And he invests, in, he invests in his campaign because if the situation was hopeless for Republicans to get in, 
there would be no, there wouldn't be, the propaganda would not be necessary. My point is, he's spending all this money because he is afraid that he can lose. And they're sending out these ridiculous suppression polls, all those types of things, because he's afraid. I we'll think know go in out, two and a half weeks, everybody who is not in on this, yeah. everybody who wants it to end, should vote for Bailey. Everybody. Yeah, the problem absolutely. you have is it. The problem was so detrimental to to society, to life, to the quality of life. You have a significant amount of people that left during points. this fascist pigs shutdown of Illinois business one and shutdown of Illinois life, and that's why you're calling me from Austin, one Texas. Points, one of the points that Bailey made was that not enough people are getting out and vote. If everybody who listened to you talked to one other person, two other people to get out and vote, I think they can win. Well, Don't sit on the I line. hope so. If you're registered to vote, or if you're dead, you should get out and vote Republican because you should be tired of having your vote stolen by the Democrat mafia. How's that? Thank Absolutely. you very much. Perfect. Thank you. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Now you're talking, kid. I got to go on DonleyAuctions.com, buy that Eldorado Barretts, put the sunroof back, and jam this song like it was 1985. What do you think of that, kid? Don in Chicago. Yeah, I want to piggyback on something the other caller just said. I want everybody, all your listeners, to make our voice heard, not just preach to the choir on this show, but call every, go online, get a phone number, call every liberal radio show you can, and ask them a simple question. Why, when all the crime is up in Illinois, who's run by the Democrats, and why, when we had the defunding police movement about a year and a half, two years ago, were the Democrats so silent on it up until this election? I'd be more interested in having my listeners, who, by the way, if you're calling my show, you're calling a liberal show. I'm a real liberal. I want my listeners who uh, are listening to call the FOP in Chicago, run by Curley's son, Canzaro and ask why the FOP is giving money to Democrat politicians who are running on defunding the police. That's an interesting question. But to call a propagandist of Marxism, I don't think they should waste their time. I don't think they should give them the ratings. I don't think they should fill up their phone lines. We should get the message out. You might make one or two people change. Yeah, Don, I hope so. I think we do. I think we do. That being said, um, to call these these liberal radio stations, I get that from a lot of guys who who listen to this show. The, the what's the the one with the morons on it? W V O what? I don't know what it is. But uh, I don't I don't advocate wasting your time with Marxist morons. I don't. But I would like to call the FOP and ask uh, Curly's son why he gave money. I think that's interesting. Jim in Western Springs. Hey, Sean, great show, and uh, you got some great uh, listeners, intelligent people. Thank you, Jim. Hey, uh, a little observation, obviously, you guys have pointed on it a little, but so back in the day when I was in college 30-some years ago when studying broadcast journalism, trying to be objective, but we actually as reporters tried to go and get information on candidates or whatever the the subject was. So uh, the moderators last night didn't have any questions except what is BLM and things of that nature, black and brown. There was no intelligence to it. But, but one thing that I would like to ask the, the, uh, the governor is, last Wednesday, the House, the state house in Illinois, passed, and it has to go to the Senate, to decriminalize cocaine, fentanyl, and heroin. Well, because the, the, the street gangs and the cartels that bribe the Democrats need that, Jim. I could answer that. Thank you, though, for the call. 
By the way, it used to be truth, justice in the American way. Not anymore. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So many American fascists and Marxists, socialists and communists called for single-payer government takeover of health care, even though America always delivered the highest quality of health care, the highest innovation. Yet, what they couldn't understand is that sooner or later, people would realize if this were ever to happen, the providers become slaves. Their doctors and the nurses all become Just two-bit employees. Not a lot of people understand that. Not a lot of people understand the ramifications. So there are some good people putting up a fight against this. My next guest is one of those people. His name is Dr. Daniel Holler. He is a general surgeon practicing in Long Island, New York. He also has filed a lawsuit in federal court challenging the No Surprises Act, which is the equivalent of the uh, Rainbows and Unicorns Act, which is how we're going to pass communism in America. Doctor, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Do you hear me well? I can, I can. I want you to kind of fill people in on, number one, what is the No Surprises Act? And number two, how are you trying to combat it? Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. So, uh, in a nutshell, uh, the No Surprises Act is supposed to protect the patient uh, who comes in from an emergency uh, and gets services provided by someone who does not necessarily take their insurance who's out of network uh, and it puts the onus on the insurance company to pay and takes the patient out of the equation. Uh, Historically, the way things worked was that uh, someone came in for an emergency, they got treated by a provider who didn't take their insurance, Uh, they received a fairly large bill, Uh, the insurance company went back and forth, negotiated for a pretty fair or more than more than fair rate because they're afraid of losing their customer, which is the patient. Uh, and then the bill balance of the bill was waived and the patient would be happy and the insurance company would pay and the doctor would be happy. Um, just to make things short, uh, in the early 2000s when the ambulatory surgery center started to become popular, they all realized we can make a lot of money being out of network. So they were out of network and they were making a ton of money and the insurance companies obviously didn't like paying that out. So they ended up suing these ambulatory centers and they actually got written into canon law that you cannot waive the balance bill. Again, the balance bill is the difference between what you charge and what the insurance company pays yes. for out-of-network doctors. So we as doctors never wanted to balance bill the patients, but we're forced to by the government because they made it a law. If you, if you don't balance bill the patient, it's actually considered billing fraud. So here we are forced to balance bill patients, and then all of a sudden, Congress says, oh, okay, well, instead of saying you don't have to balance bill patients, we're going to make a law saying that you can't balance bill patients. And that's okay. We're, we're all okay with that. Uh, what we were not okay with was the current administration pushing that the 
insurance companies only have to pay the out-of-network doctor who provides emergency services, something called the QPA, qualifying payment amount, which in layman's terms just means the median in-network rate. Price fixing. So if, yeah. yeah, well, that's what it is. It's actually creating a price ceiling for what doctors are allowed to be reimbursed for emergency services. Um, and uh, most economists would, would suggest that putting in price ceilings uh, doesn't necessarily help the situation. No. And that's kind of where we're at now. Yeah. And, you know, here's something that I noticed as a layperson. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to be quite frank with you. I am not a doctor person. I haven't been to the doctor since 1982 when you had to go from grade school to high school in order to get into high school. So I understand this is a big business, but I always pay attention to the economy of things. And I recognized years ago that insurance companies made things worse. They didn't make things better. I was lucky enough to have a few friends who became doctors and some People in my family became doctors. And what I noticed is they had a constant problem where they were stiffing, for lack of a better term, you'll have to forgive me, I'm a neighborhood guy. They were stiffing many doctors and hospitals when it came time to pay. And then they created this Rube Goldberg system of if you're in the pot or out of the pot, and yeah, yeah. And it seems to have just compounded the, the failures in healthcare. But government likes failures because they get to then take things over. And I'm wondering, are people aware of the ramifications of just how things have changed since the passing of what is called the Affordable Care Act, which has massively increased the cost of insurance, massively increased the cost of procedures? And do we not just have a system of failure that just keeps driving up the costs of everything? Well, people are not aware because uh, it was happening incrementally. You know, when the Affordable Care Act happened, uh, they were getting cheaper insurance. And then over the course of a couple of years, all of a sudden that cheaper insurance was no longer cheaper and wasn't covering everything. Uh, so when things happen incrementally and slow, people tend to not, not really notice it. When the stock market drops, all of a sudden, it was like, wow, everything dropped and where's all my money? But if it were to drop over time, people tend to notice things less. So what, what's happening now with this new bill, with this No Surprises Act, is uh, doctors are now starting to get together and say, well, if I'm not going to get paid for the emergency services provided, then I'm not going to provide emergency services. You mean you don't so want to be a slave, doctor? <laughs> well, I, I definitely appreciate that sentiment. So uh, what's happening in Long Island, and this is the first uh, uh, group of doctors to go this way, is the plastic surgeons. Hospitals, small community hospitals are having a very difficult time finding plastic surgeons to cover their emergency rooms. They used to get paid a few thousand dollars to come in and suture a kid's laceration on its face, whatever it is. Whether you think that's justified or not, what's happening now is they're going to pay a couple of hundred dollars. Well, they're not going to break their operating room schedule and their office schedule or come in at 2.30 in the morning to start suturing faces or arms or anything for a few hundred dollars. So they are starting to to refuse to cover the emergency rooms. And what they're saying is uh, to the emergency room docs that call them, they're saying, put a bandaid on it and send it to my office because patients can't waive their right. Um, in the emergency room, once you hit the emergency room, it used to be that if you wanted a specific, let's say, plastic surgeon, and I'm not a plastic surgeon, but yeah. if you wanted a specific plastic surgeon, you would call him up and say, listen, you, you took care of my friend's friend's son, you know, you did a great job, I want you to come to the ER, and the doc would say, okay, this is how much it's going to cost, I will come in, I will take care of it. According to the new law, you can't even make these prior arrangements. Once you walk into that emergency room, it is illegal to bill the patient, and you cannot waive your rights. So, um, so this is the, a back 
backdoor uh, nationalization of healthcare. This is a backdoor nationalization of your your it, it career. Is, what, what what is going to happen? What, what I I'm assuming is going to happen or predicting is that as doctors' practices start to go out of business because they're getting paid a tenth of what they were before, there's going to be a massive influx of doctors into the potential working pool, uh, and that means that the salaries of doctors are going to go down because all of a sudden for every one spot, now you have five doctors applying for the spot and they're going to start looking to get the cheapest healthcare out there, like in socialized medicine. Uh, and the cheapest providers obviously are cheaper for a reason. And uh, you're going to get decreased quality in care. I mean, we're seeing it happen now. Well, you've already seen uh, right? I heard you lost 50% of hospitals, 50% of doctors. My insurance premium quadrupled. And this is already just the, the Affordable Care Act. As this dimwit doubles down on stupid, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And I'm wondering... Why hasn't anybody ever come up with the idea of, doctor, listen, if you give away your services, we'll allow you to write it off. How many doctors would sign up for that rather than the oh, first wow. servitude? I'd probably say between 5 and 10% of the potential revenue that I generate is charity. Uh, for the uninsured or the underinsured and or the people that just can't afford to pay. And uh, we just we just write it off, but not tax deductions. We just write it off as, okay, you know, we're never going to get paid. Do you imagine your plumber writing it off because, oh, you don't have money to fix, you know, your heating in the wintertime? But it if there was a like system that. where you said, okay, I, I, just, I just stitched up Sean Thompson's face. Sean Thompson can't pay me. That would cost $5,000. I want to write it off on my earnings. And that was allowed by the government. I think the quality of health care would skyrocket. We would bring it good professionals rather than third world doctors with nine fingers stitching up my kid's face. I think it would be better off. We know how to avoid it, but yet we can't get politicians with the will to do it. I agree. And it's a lot of this is about greed. Um, I, I'm, I'm, the truth is I really don't understand why uh, the government would make a law that allows massive mega corporations to get even richer. I mean, United Healthcare in Q1 of 2022 boasted a record-breaking profit of over $5 billion. Well, guess what? That coincides with when the No Surprises Act took place, which means that they're no longer paying doctors, you know, for the rates that they were charging. But it, this can't be a question or a conversation about doctors making money. So nobody wants to hear that. What's really going to happen and what trickles down, and it may not happen today, and it may not happen tomorrow, but in a couple of months from now, when we start to see practices going out of business, and let's say, you know, very specialty, let's say spine surgery or neurosurgery, you have a massive neurosurgery practice that covers 10 hospitals that goes out of business, well, who's providing that emergency neurosurgery care? Nobody, which means all those patients coming into community hospitals are going to have to be transferred out to larger tertiary centers. That's actually what the government wants. The government wants to to have uh, all of all of the complex cases all go to tertiary centers uh, to decrease what they call is the cost of medicine. But at the end of the day, we are limiting patients' access, not just to health care, but to quality health care. And that's, that, that's not great. It's really not no. good because everyone knows, everyone talks about how, how uh, socialized medicine is great and how America, everything costs so much money. But everyone comes to America to get their health care. 
Well, we were flying from all over the world. Of course, we always were the strongest because we were based with the lightest hand of government in the, in the healthcare. Yet here we are, twelve years after Obamacare, the massive, massive amounts of failure with the fifty percent less doctors, fifty percent less hospitals. The hospital where my own kids were born is out of business, and you see this throughout the, uh, America, and specifically these very strong Democrat influenced uh, uh, sections of society. And yet nobody wants to talk about how we can go back to making America successful in this sector rather than just mitigating the decline of it. I feel like we're just mitigating the decline in the quality of healthcare, demanding we get more and more for free. And I'm hoping that there will be doctors that push back against it. I remember when Obamacare was passed, our family friend went out of business because at that time it cost him $40,000 to have his records put and transferred. But that was part of Obamacare. It was forcing doctors to get into this automated system and it was getting rid of the neighborhood doctors. Do you think there's going to be a pushback or do you think that the insurance lobby is strong and rich enough to always push back against what the, what the doctors want? It's such an excellent question. I mean, I've met with at least 80 to 100 doctors over the last eight months. Um, and other doctors groups, there's a group called NY, Independent Doctors of New York. Um, we're, we're trying to form together a group. Uh, there was a group that contributed to the lawsuit that I had against the federal government, which, by the way, was dismissed, and we are in appeals now. Um, the, you know, doctors are not allowed to... Uh, unionize, um, so we have to be very careful when we do form groups. Uh, but wait, wait, wait. Let me let do, me just explore this a little bit. The government that is the most pro, as I call them, labor extortion mafia, the most pro-union government in American history. There is a rule that doctors cannot unionize. Correct. We cannot unionize. So teachers, uh, municipal workers, police, fire, all can unionize, but doctors cannot unionize. Yeah. And uh, to, <laughs> at to least they know rough. what the problem is with unions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's it, it gets even worse because um, even if doctors were, even if I had five hundred, a thousand doctors standing together saying we won't take this anymore, uh, we'll plead to our local politicians. And if you think about how much money we can potentially contribute in a state of declining revenue, and you think about the insurance companies and how much money they have, I heard that United Healthcare has a half a billion dollar lobbying fund. How, how can we compete with that, even with 500, 1,000 doctors? You, you can't compete. I mean, and these lobbying, these lobbying funds, they, they basically pay for what we'll call legal bribery. I mean, yeah, it I, is. Look, 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 look at New York. New York has a, a non-elected official, Kathy Hochul. Okay, we had by Cuomo put in in 2014 a New York State surprise bill law. Okay, New York preempted all of this surprise bill stuff, and in 2014, uh, sued United Healthcare. Uh, sorry, in 2012 or so, sued United Healthcare, got 400 million dollars, and from that 400 million dollars, they took 100 million of it, and they started to build a a system uh, for the New York State uh, uh, surprise bill law. And part of that system was they created a nonprofit called the Fair Health, and the Fair Health would create the out-of-network rates for doctors providing potential emergency services. And it worked. It went into law. It worked. Patients no longer got bills. The insurance company had to pay a predefined rate. If they didn't pay it, we went to the arbitration board, and they forced them to pay the rate. And the doctors were happy with those rates. 
So fast forward, you know, seven. It went into effect in 2014. Fast forward, was it uh, eight years? Yeah. And Cuomo is no longer in office. This new, this no surprises federal act comes out, and they say if the state has a local law, we defer to the state law. So what does Kathy Hochul do? She reverses the state law that was already working and tells the insurance companies, we're going to make it so you only have to pay the in-network rate. Even lower than they were paying before. Companies like United Healthcare were price fixing out of network doctors for 15 years by creating a subsidiary called Ingenics. They had a company that they owned called Ingenics and they were falsely creating the out of network rates and they were much lower than they were supposed to be. And that's why they were sued by the Attorney General in New York. So what is Kathy Hochul doing? She's reversing and saying, not only are you gonna not pay the lower ingenics rates, you're gonna pay even the lower rates. What is that rate? It's the in-network rate. And who defines the in-network rate? You do. The insurance companies define the in-network rate. So basically they can pay whatever it is that they want because hey, you only have to pay the rate that you decide you want to pay. So the, the whole thing doesn't make sense to me. And why she did that, right, you know, here's an election year. She's an unelected official. She came in by default when, they, when Cuomo resigned. So yeah. she, wants, she wants to win. She needs money to win. Where's she getting that money from? I can't imagine it's not from a $500 million pool of lobbying money. If the Colombo crime family or the Giancana family were getting started today, you think they'd go into gangsterism or they go into insurance or lobbying? Which one do you think they'd go into? They, they would go into the insurance portion of healthcare, 100%. I mean, come on. It's a real it's mafia, a Doc. It's a real mafia. Is there somewhere yeah. my people can go to support you? Is there some way we can help you fight this through a lawsuit? What can oh, we do I, to I help you? That. Yes, um, we have a website, a uh, nonprofit organization. Um, we are currently still modifying the website for the current need. Initially, the website was created to uh, let the public know what the medical community is doing with regards to COVID. We created this nonprofit uh, right at the beginning of COVID. Um, we are currently reaching it to educate the public on how they will potentially lose access to quality health care here in the great, you know, United States. So uh, the the uh, website and the nonprofit is called Real Heroes Fund, and the website is realheroes.org. Uh, give it another week or so, and we'll launch the uh, the new website uh, that will show uh, a lot of data and information on the No Surprises Act and how it potentially can affect, you know, their access to quality care. So I could talk and to you. I could talk to you for an hour. I want to talk to you about the big pharma, pharmaceutical industrial complex. I want to talk to you about those big paychecks and buildings of all of the intellects who have found nifty ways to stiff doctors and healthcare providers while they keep claiming we're making advancements in the future. You are going to be a resource for mine if you want to be. And I cannot wait to help you. Dr. Haller, is it Haller or Holler? I want to holler every time I talk to you. So we're going to call you Haller, which I think is your real name. No problem. Like Apple, Haller. Thank you so much, Doc, for coming on. And thank you for doing what you're doing. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. I like the idea that things can change with a couple of elections. I do. I'm pessimistic when it comes to the sewer of Chicago, but optimistic when I see candidates like my next guest. His name is Joe Severino. He's a Republican 
calling himself one, and even though he's not getting support from the establishment Republicans, for Illinois' 10th congressional district. Joe, how are you? I'm doing great, John. How are you? I got to tell you, Joe, you aggravate me, and I'm going to tell you what I mean. You make me look up things I don't want to look up. I don't like Brad Schneiderman. I can't believe this moron is a congressman. And then I look him up in open secrets. Did you know that this morphodite is worth $27 million? Oh, I did. I did. I did. How, how did he uh, make $27 Because I look at him, it's not from modeling. He doesn't look too smart. How did he make the money? So the reality is, uh, I, I, I didn't look it up, but I know the background. The background is, his wife came from a very wealthy family. Oh, he married and it. You can marry more money in a day than you can make in a lifetime. You got it. And, and the reality, John, is he's never had a job before. <laughs> his, and, and, and I don't say that jokingly. So the story goes from a reliable source. His father-in-law actually fired him. He started consulting business that he never occupied. Oh. Never had the lights on, a phone, et cetera. And then he went right into Congress. I have the benefit of, uh, so of meeting you, people. and you know I know your history. We have some mutual people that we know. You had, sure. you had what I call God's on goal, but you had nothing when you started. Nothing. You earned That's your way true. True. into wealth, and you did very well. In fact, you've even talked. You're not even going to take the hundred and seventy-four. You're going to donate it seventy-four thousand a year That's to be a exactly congressman. Right. Yeah, we're going to take the. Um, the, the salary, and I have every intent on winning, we're going to take the salary, we're going to apportion it to 10 not-for-profits that are making a, a difference impact in the district relating to battered women, food deserts, veteran or, or minority organizations that are really helping uh, in the district because I'm looking to serve, not to work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what this is to me. It, it, I, you know, I plan to serve, and that's what's frustrating for me the crux of the call here, Sean, because I'm not getting a lot of support from the establishment. When you're out there to actually remedy and to lead and serve on behalf of the people, it disincentivizes those that are trying to profit off their position or broke or power in some respect, and they look at you as a disruptor. They try to literally stymie you from winning. Joe, you know, a, a theme with um, the people who I have who are running against the culture of corruption, which is the Democrat mafia, all have to call themselves Republicans because that's the duopoly we have in this country. Yet from a, a from an ex-cop of 29 years to a young girl who's disgusted and wants to change things to you, the Republican establishment, the ones that get the insider front-running trading money from Ken Griffin, and, in, and and try to put in this stooge Irvin. They don't seem to ever support these individual candidates who are running and are doing things like you are, giving the salary back, running to change the culture of corruption, stop the waste, fraud, and abuse that has become commonplace. That leads me to believe they're in on the scam, and then you look at the meatheads who are running it, whether it's uh, Durkin, whose who's, uh, brothers all look like they rode the short bus to school, all our lobbyists, and you got Brady's wife with the video game. I mean, it just it just is overwhelming how obvious this is. And I'm wondering, um, are you ever... I know they're not going to intimidate you verbally because they know who you no. know. They know you're going to push back against it. Are you ever uh, approached to just kind of quiet it down a little bit by this organized syndicate? You know, what they're doing is just the opposite. Uh, as you know, I, I don't quiet down. The more they try to quiet me, the louder I become. And, you know, I, I, I feel empowered to fight back against this establishment. I demanded they all step down. 
Um, you could imagine how that went. Oh, I love this. Uh, and I don't. Yeah, and I don't mind further in a divide with my relationships with them because they're not acting on behalf of people. So what they're doing is they're afraid of me. They know I'm an unapologetic, disrupting, uh, you know, voice. Who's fighting and running against the culture them. of corruption. Yeah, yeah. And, and here, here's the important thing, Sean. I'm calling them out on the carpet. They literally said, Joe, you know, they're just inviting you to dance on their carpet. And I told the individual, I said, you don't understand. I want to yank it from under their feet. I love we that. can't continue like this. It's not sustainable. So what they're doing is they're going around. I have a, 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 a bit of great news. But what they're doing is they're going around telling individuals that, uh, well, the, the, the rates might not be winnable and therefore, you know, don't invest on it. There's not meaning donate because Jeez. there won't be a return. So in essence, so they're backdoor supporting Schneiderman. They're backdoor in, in, uh, supporting Schneiderman if they're not if they're not helping you. Well, here's what's happening. Mark Kirk, who was the sitting congressman in my district, the seat I'm going after for five terms and then went on to be a, 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 a state senator. He, yeah, he's a Chinese lobbyist. Yeah, and he sits down for a, uh, a consulting company of which he's a, uh, a contractor of in generating uh, like 140000 a year. And, and Schneider is a uh, spokesman for that company. And then the guy that's the head There's of the bipartisanship, huh? Here, Oh, yeah, exactly. And then the guy that's the head of the uh, RNC here, his law firm protects their interests. So I'm running against this kind of commingled, incestual uh, 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 uniparty that exists in Illinois, and it's about these corrupt politicians. It's not about the people. It's not Republican-Democrat. These are just, you know— it's corruption against people is essentially what it comes down to. And, and, and I'll tell you how bad it gets, John. We had a poll done. They kept saying, Joe, well, the race might not be as close as you think. Well, I, I resonate very well with people. I get out there in the streets. I shake hands. I meet organizational leaders. You know, I care about people, and that's why I'm out there and you've been doing this well. I said, our race is close. It's probably within a few points. Oh, you know, uh, uh, Dole didn't, uh, was like a plus 18, you know, they were comparing us to other candidates, w- which weren't relatable. Well, we had a poll done, a very sophisticated and objective poll, not a push poll, 600 live surveys lasting five to six minutes. It puts us within seven points with a margin of error of four points. This is huge so, news, huge. It, it's incredible. And they, and they, they, they won't uh, advertise it. So I tried to reach the RNCC or the NRCC, and I hear these mimicking uh, words from Republican leadership to the head of the NRCC. You can tell it's almost like an orchestrated in-concert effort to stop us from, and the momentum we have from getting out there. Because they already have somebody they want to run in 2024. They figure it would be a walk-in. So they want to select an individual rather than have me there that can hit a home run in the seat. Sure, they need a stooge. Probably walk into a re-election. They need a stooge. They need a, a Richard yeah. Little Dick Irvin. They need a simpleton step-and-fetch Republican mafia member. So you're not just running against this dimwit. Schneiderman, you're running against the Illinois Republican Mafia. I love it because I love your chances. Yeah. I only wish it was the old days because I think me, you, and our friend Tony could take them all. I really do. <laughs> well, I love Tony. Uh, 
you know, it, it, uh, uh, getting back to the polls, Sean, with the opportunity, I actually spoke to Tony earlier today, um, but uh, getting back to that poll, when it showed, it showed that I was uh, the most, I had the most uh, polling favorability in Lake County outside of J.B. Pritzker and above the incumbent, which is very rare in this district. Number two, it asked if, uh, you know, uh, if you knew more about Joe, uh, and it gave a little, you know, short sentence about who I was and who Schneider was. And they came back with me winning by over 8%. And with that information, for them not to support me, to get the name out there more, uh, to push this race into the limelight is atrocious. They're just trying to steal an opportunity in 2024 rather than support me now. They they stopped the donorship. They stopped the word from getting out there. And Schneider is scared to death. We raised about $35,000. That's all we did. All this momentum is all shaking hands, getting out there, speaking. Well, that's because the minute people hear you and the minute people see you and the minute people look into your history and who you are, it's not even a race anymore. And that's what I need more and more people to do. And it's, uh, I'm going to give them, it's Severino for Congress, and it's S-E-V-E-R-I-N-O, for F-O-R, congress.com, and uh, he needs your help. And the reality is you're running against a guy that when I looked at this simple thing, I kept thinking to myself, how in the world is this guy where he is? And then you look up, and anybody can, opensecrets.com, his own individual net worth, and you look at the people who donate to this scoundrel, and it's all the conglomerates of corruption, whether it's uh, Silicon Valley oligarchs, whether it's finance credit card companies, all of the oligarchs that keep the people down and keep need the government extortion to keep going. Look at, I mean, it's it, it's outrageous. This guy has raised, from what I can see on Open Secrets, and we're going on to, I mean, it's millions and millions and millions of dollars that he's raised. Oh, yes. Well, you know, uh, these, uh, uh, the, the Teachers Union PAC, Planned Parenthood, uh, they'll write him a check for three million bucks. And Damn. the closer this race, and like I say, no exaggeration, Sean, he sent out 10 mailers, he has commercials running now mind you the last two people that ran against him he never even sent out a mailer already there's been 10 that's almost five hundred thousand dollars just right there he's running commercials during the mlb playoffs monday night football he is in fear for his life in this race and then the republican establishment is looking at it like nothing to see here the tank so i'm afraid that we have this great opportunity they're sitting on their hands so we're not going to be able to maximize Joe, I think. And listen, I'm, I, I want you to. Given. I want you to win, not just because we need a good congressman. Of course we do, but I want you to win because you're the kind of politician who is not a politician. You're the kind of person we need in office, Joe Severino. I completely, completely endorse you. I wish you the best of luck. It's the tenth congressional so much, district, man. but anybody can help Joe Severino. SeverinoForCongress.com. Thanks for coming on, Joe. Good luck. And next time you come on, we talk about how you crashed the party for Schneiderman, and they called the police on you. That's not oh, f- yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a great Tribune article, too. It was awesome. <laughs> well, hey, I haven't had the police called on well, me in at least a year me. and a half. I'm really jealous, man. Yeah, he, he won't debate me. That's the big thing. Yeah. And I, I, I and that's what I did. I interrupted his town hall and called him out, and uh, and he wound up taking the whole thing off the Internet. Uh, it was totally disrupted, and it was fantastic. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck, kid. Really. Severino for Congress.com. Thanks for coming on. We'll be back with your calls and comments. If you're on the line, I'll get to you. I promise. 312 642 5600. 
make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Mark Kirk, China lobbyist, Illinois Republican oligarch scumbag. Just like all the rest of these Illinois Republicans. That's why when I get calls and you say, I was an Illinois Republican all my life and I don't like you. I love that. I live for that. You rat scum. The only difference between you and Mike Madigan's mafia, you're better dressed and your heads are bigger. Couldn't help but notice that. The whole Durkin family look like taffy apples. See those stupid looking idiots? Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean, how are you? Aggravated. Aggravated, but inspired. Yeah, I know. You keep me aggravated, too, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. Got to keep it on top of these guys. Yeah, because people would Uh, think that Illinois had a Republican Party. I mean, if you didn't know better, if you're one of these people that don't pay attention or you focus on men in tights chasing balls, you would think that there was a pushback against the mafia of corruption known as the Illinois Democrat. You would not be aware of how corrupt the Illinois Republican Party really is. My my point was to Honey Bunny was that, you know, I'm a registered Republican or I'm trying to get out of it, but, you know, yeah. they won't let me. They keep sending me, you know, they want me to send them money. And I'm like, I ain't sending you money because you're not backing the people that I want in there. You got to write back on you whatever know? their solicitation document is, even if it's an email. Gots on Ghoul. My offer to you is Gots on Ghoul which we have to get on the back of my T-shirts. That's what I say to the Illinois Republicans, and that's what they're good for. Thank you, Dave, in Libertyville. And you shouldn't be deceived by what's called uh, 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 Republicans, because the Republicans go along with all of this. The Republican policies are the ones that we talk about when we talk about Saudi Arabia. Who used to kiss the ass of the Saudis? And then there was a big thing. Barack Obama bowed. Well, he just bowed. The Bush family enriched. And in there lies the real issue, right? I mean, to me, it's time to push back against the culture of corruption that we think is normal. We think it's normal to have policies that are run to enrich enemies of American prosperity, of American principles. It's not normal. That's why there's so many things they talk about. But Marco Rubio, every once in a while, really, really does come out and sound like a true, true politician with inspiration of Americanism every once in a while. First thing we have to stop, start doing is stop spending that kind of money. We had already done two pa- pandemic reliefs. This came on top of it. And they were warned. The Democrats were warned by Larry Summers, by other Democrat economists. You do this, you're going to fire up inflation. So that's number one. Number two is we've got to begin to produce American oil again. Well, wait, wait. I, when you ask the Democrats how to solve inflation, I, I like their answers. It's almost mind boggling how stupid they are. But they have support and they also have love handles on their head like Stacey Abrams. Uh, I would assume maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're... Having children is why you're worried about... Also, you kill your kids, you won't worry about the gas? That's a Democrat solution. 
You realize what you're running against? Come on, this isn't the end of the show. Give me another segment, Squirrel. What good are you? You got those tiny hands. I'll be back in 21 hours. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. 